I tell you, everyone is looking for the next winning product. And because it needs a visual explanation, I'm sharing new hot products with in-depth analysis on YouTube. Go to Tech Money Talks on YouTube. However, here's the problem most people have in dropshipping. You need to be willing to test at least 10 products to find success. And each product you're testing, you need to be willing to risk up to $250 in ads to find out if it even sells. That means you would have to risk up to $2,500 in ads with the hopes to find something that sells. Now, what if I could wave a magic wand and remove all the cost of ads and it allows you to test 10 new products? Wouldn't that be amazing? Would you test more products if it was for free? I've been working hard for the past few months and I did just that. And I'm giving it away dirt cheap to the podcast listeners only. I want you to go to dropposting.com go. Dropposting.com go. Be sure to add the slash go to there because that's where you're going to get this dirt cheap. Go there and find out more information. Hey, everybody. Brian McCumber here with Tech Money Talks. I am really excited today because we have returning feature guests on the podcast. We are fortunate to have Corey Shostak and Rodney Zakaruk as special guests on the show. And for those of us in e-com, you should know who Corey and Rodney are because they were also featured dropshippers on Oberlo. Corey and Rodney have been absolutely killing it in e-commerce, and they were featured in the podcast at the beginning of 2020. Back in February, and this was before the COVID pandemic started and changing the world and all that stuff. And since then, Corey and Rodney have been growing and helping many people in e-com. They've also started the Kaizen e-com house with a couple other e-com guys, which is basically like an e-com mansion frat house And I'm looking forward to hearing about that. I tell you, time is money and everyone's looking to get a piece of their time. And I'm so happy to have them on the show today. Corey, Rodney, thanks for joining us, man. How's it going? Good, good. Awesome. Thanks Thanks for having us, Brian. Yeah, appreciate it. it. This is awesome. (laughs) Super excited to be back on the show. Yeah, I tell you, you know, your, uh, your episode of the podcast is actually one of the most popular ones out there. Wow. uh, For sure. And, uh, and it's hard to believe, like when I, when I look back, I was like, man, that was like beginning of February. And now just to give a timestamp, even now, since like, you know, everything that's happened with the pandemic and all this stuff that's going on in the world, right. like, you know, right now it's, it's November 10th. So it's, it's kind of like the beginning of Q4 and hopefully we dive in into all that stuff, but just to give a timestamp there. But when I think back, I'm like, wow, this was like beginning of February you know, a lot has changed since then. So I was wondering if like, maybe you can to start us off, you know, kind of dive into that. Like what's, what's changed, you know, since then, like beginning of February and uh, pretty much everything's changed. Absolutely. Everything has completely changed. Um, obviously when the pandemic happened, um, we had to rethink everything, you know, it heavily affected drop shipping at the time. And it was, uh, it was kind of quite a shock to all of us. So uh, yeah. obviously adapting to that and kind of just, figuring out the best path forward and kind of just seeing what our options were and like what we were working with and, you know, how we could overcome this issue that we were facing and, you know, how we could leverage it to our advantage and how we could, um, you know, take advantage of this additional time. And I guess the, the um, extra shift to e-commerce and uh, online shopping from traditional like brick and mortar stores. So like for me, even when I think back, like, I mean, I remember when it, when it hit, I mean, did you guys go through like in the very beginning when like, you know, the shit really hit the fan yeah. supplier issues, you know, what was going on there? Were you, did you have yeah. any challenges at that, at that time? 
Yeah, we, we, I think had heard about COVID probably very, very late December, if not early, early January. And we were unsure of what to think of it at the time. Yeah. Um, and kind of when we first talked with you on the podcast, we were still unsure of exactly what's going on. And then I can vividly remember, and I know Rodney recalls it too, but this, the day that our, our prime minister uh, actually said that everyone was going into lockdown and, you know, all of these businesses were going to be shut down, at least for the time being, and anybody abroad should return home. Returning home, yeah, my brother was actually in Australia, so he had to come home and all of these changes happened so quickly and it didn't really leave any time for us to even think about the business. We were just, we were so shocked that this was even happening. Yeah. Um, even though we kind of knew it was coming from our supplier and manufacturers in China, kind of giving us a heads up, we weren't sure of the downstream effects once it got into North America. Um, mm -hmm. So it was definitely a really difficult, uh, a difficult day for us. I remember we went for a walk down by the water and kind of just chatted there of like, what are we going to do now? Like, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, this, we're this deep into the rabbit hole of e-commerce and, you know, putting all of our time and energy and passion into this project. It was either, you know, do we give up now and try and find another job and just not not try and sort our way out? Or do we, you know, bang our head against the wall even more, suck it up and try and find a way to fight through this? And, you know, knowing us too or anyone that knows us too is option one was never an option for us to begin with. So mm -hmm. we kind of figured this is just a way to make it more challenging. If we're not able to get through this, then a lot of other people aren't as well. Um, so we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that we can get through this because along the way, there's going to be competitors that drop off and we don't want to be those people that look back and, and regret the decision not to continue forward. No, great mindset for sure. And, uh, I even remember back then because like, you know, it was one of the things and I think you guys have been talked about in the previous episode we did with preparing for the Chinese new year, right? Yeah, And uh, so around that time, it, it basically, you know, the timing, it almost went from like, okay, the Chinese New Year, and then all of a sudden COVID hits, and it's just like creating this, uh, this effect that is going on. It's almost an extension, yeah. <laughs> an extension. Chinese New Year, and then it was like, oh, like there's this virus, and now <laughs> it's being extended, and then it was like, oh, things aren't returning back to normal, and then... It was kind of panic mode at that point. But. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, so what what happened like after that? So as as things start started to stabilize, how did you guys like transition? And yeah, I mean, we had to kind of look at everything we had funda fundamentally learned to that point, and everything that we kind of had figured out, and we had to realize like a lot of it was no longer applicable at this point. Like a lot of it was, but a lot of it now we're dealing with obviously a new environment. Our shipping prices went up three to four times um, the cost. So a lot of our funnels that were working profitably before were no longer profitable under these new um, kind of rules or guidelines that we had to play by. So yeah. that being said, we had to just really restructure and really just dive into every aspect of our business, every component of our business. And I guess just lean out any unnecessary stuff and really focus on the you know, the, the stuff that's going to make you money and the stuff that is the the true, I guess, um, the drivers of your business. So we had to, yeah. yeah, a lot of refocusing and a lot of, I guess, reflection on what we had learned prior and how we could apply that to the new kind of uh, the new uh, rules that we were playing with. Those are like the downsides. And then what about like even some of the upsides that, 
you know, shortly mm-hmm. followed because right. I mean, from my experience, I was like, I saw already, I mean, I saw like buying behaviors were beginning to shift where more people were buying online. But, you know, mm-hmm. this just put the whole mainstream of like shoppers buying online. And, you know, did you guys experience like that? And and were there some new trends that, that you ended up stumbling yeah, on? Yeah, definitely to a degree. I mean, this is kind of where we came to a crossroads because we're so deep down into our business set. You know, we definitely had the shiny object syndrome in front of us. <laughs> I think we fired up a couple new stores um, and, and put a little bit of attention into them, but mm-hmm. not enough for us to truly take away from what our grand vision was. And, you know, we have the okay. idea of like, let's take advantage of these trends. There's these keywords spiking on Google right now, or there's a ton of searches coming up for these, or, you know, yeah. this product's popping off on Facebook. And as great of an idea as it was at the time and, and as, you know, I guess uh, excited as we were to potentially take on like a different industry or a different item product to sell, um, we felt like it would just take away from our overall grand vision. So we kind of put that on the back burner and uh, figured that we would double down with what we were doing. Um, yeah. And then lo and behold, what actually ended up happening pretty shortly into the pandemic was we... Uh, because of the Oberlo podcast and and doing all the content with Shopify, we actually met uh, one of our roommates in the Kaizen house currently, Connor. Uh, he reached out to us and Emma and wanted to hop on a call. So we took a call with him and uh, just started brainstorming with him, uh, picking his brain, found out he lived in Vancouver as well. Um, so we developed a really great relationship with him. And from that point on, up until pretty much when we moved into this house, we would have small gatherings of just us and him and a couple other e-com people uh, brainstorming it until it got to the point of, you know, why are we just not living together? We, we kind of had this idea before <laughs> of like, yeah. we, we wanted to go to Bali and live and do the digital nomad work from, you know, a, a, a tropical location. He had the idea of doing something similar, but potentially uh, in LA or somewhere in Florida. And then obviously with the COVID restrictions and the border shutting down, you know, we had this idea together of like, why don't we just do that idea, but in Vancouver and, you know, we're probably not going to be able to leave the uh, country for a while. So let's just double down here. Let's join forces. Uh, Let's collaborate, brainstorm, learn from each other, challenge each other and uh, see what we can do all under one roof. So that was honestly the biggest blessing in disguise that came from all of this. Like mm-hmm. there's no way we could have predicted this, but we're very excited with what has happened so far. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely turned it into a positive by just refocusing and, you know, like gathering who we could at the time that was available in our network and just continually, you know, collaborating with them and just creating these mastermind groups that were super, super helpful, especially during, you know, uncertain times. No one has ever been through anything like this before. So uh, at least our age, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it was a completely new issue and a cl- completely new, I guess, era of e-commerce. So, you know, kind of trying to tra- trying to traverse the uh, the new landscape was uh, was super interesting, and it was super helpful to go through it with other people that were going through it as well. And yeah, f- from that, like, we just created this really good um, relationship with one another, where we could, you know, bounce ideas off each other and help each other progress within our businesses. And then, yeah, it kind of stemmed the idea of the Kaizen house where, you know, we all ended up moving in together. We figured, you know, we're going to be locked down for a year, at least probably. So we might as well hunker down and take advantage of this time and just put as much as we can into our businesses and 
and you know remove as many distractions as possible you know we, we ended up um getting like meal prep uh services and whatnot so we have all of our food taken care of you know we have cleaners that come <laughs> in all of that stuff and personal trainer personal trainer nice. that comes in yeah so it kind of came down to you know what was the opportunity cost of our time at that point and we were trying to just reduce the amount of time that we were focusing on other things besides our businesses and we figured you know what's one year of pure dedicated um, effort into your business with a collaborative team and like how, how far can you progress with that kind of environment so that was kind of the idea uh, the idea behind it all and uh, yeah it's been fantastic so far so that's awesome. Yeah. And I, and you touched on a lot of great points, which I want to elaborate on. I'll even like take a, a step back, which is because I yeah. remember when you guys were talking about, I think you guys had uh, a niche approach towards mm-hmm. your drop shipping business. And I think yeah. it was cool to, to, to see. And even with the words that you're using that you talked about, okay, you, you know, you stayed focused on it, even though not having the shiny object syndrome where you're always chasing, you know, mm-hmm. chasing the easy money but you stayed true to your yeah. niche. So how did, how did that, you know, pan out over, over the time, you know, making that decision to do that? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, first and foremost, losing a bunch of money on a couple ads and stores <laughs> when we, you know, r- rush jobs to get them done and, and just realizing like our hearts weren't in that at the time. Um, we mm-hmm. call it a lot, like not much money, less than a thousand dollars, but we definitely tried some new items and stores out and, we just, it kind of was just a sign to us pretty early out of the gate of like, why are you guys giving up all of this time and effort you've devoted into, you know, this niche business already and, and going for that shiny object um, when you have yeah. something functioning already in front of you, you've built out all these digital assets for your email list and messenger list and, you know, social media accounts. Um, and then on top of that too, just, like talking with uh, with Connor, you know, getting introduced to him and, and learning about how we can increase the valuation of our business um, through recurring revenue and, you know, increasing the average lifetime value of customers. Um, so we definitely shifted from a, you know, let's focus on acquiring customers now and let's set as a complete shift in our, our paradigm or the approach that we wanted to take with our business, which initially was go for that front end profitability. Uh, but we knew for longevity and sustainability purposes, that just wasn't something that was going to push the brand to the next level. Um, so after chatting with him and other people in our network and, and you know, some, some other close friends of ours, we got, we kind of came to the conclusion of let's stick with what we're doing. What we have is, is going great for us. Um, we don't want to lose this because we put so much time and effort into it already that you know, I, I think we want to personally just see it through. And I think we would regret walking away from something. So on such a quick, uh, on such a quick decision. And you touched on a lot of good points there. And I was wondering, like, even related to that, like some of the strategic, you know, points or benefits of, of focusing on a niche, like even with what you described, you know, talking about um, recurring business or customer lifetime value, putting effort behind a niche, you know, you're basically building a buyer's list. Yeah. I mean, we're really trying to just create like a, a community with our brand right now. And I guess to kind of That's touch cool. on the point too, we're, we were ill-equipped at the beginning. We didn't have the teams in place to really accomplish what we were trying to accomplish. So a mm-hmm. lot of the things for our niche brand um, we have now started to automate and start to build out these standard operating procedures where 
you know, we're no longer a component within the machine. We are now overseers of the machine and we can tinker with it um, as we like. So that's kind of been a huge shift in our thinking. Um, and then just building the brand now, it's it's just a reoccurring thing where we're providing value to our customers and we're having people wanting to return to us without having to pay those advertising costs. Obviously, we're still yeah. advertising on the front end, but yeah. we're still getting reoccurring customers on the back end organically now that are continuously coming back to us, which is super, super nice. So that's been a huge shift for us. And it's really given us the opportunity to focus on other things as well now where we can still focus on our, our niche brand. We have people in place where, you know, it's automated, people are doing the work and things are moving without us having to be, you know, in the trenches every day doing that kind of stuff. So it gives us a lot of opportunity to, you know, we've, we've started a couple new businesses with the people that we're living in the house with. Um, we actually started a house store and one of our goals is to pay off the house and all the living expenses solely with the funds generated from that store. So that, <laughs> nice. uh, that's been pretty good so far. I think we just crossed $14,000 Yeah, in two, the first two weeks, first two so. weeks or so. So that's, that's been awesome. going pretty good so far. Um, but again, that comes with our ability to do that and able to focus on other things yeah. while we have stuff built out with automation and standard operating procedures where we can shift our focus without actually shifting our focus, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah because, yeah. you know, if we're in the trenches working on our brand and we're doing all the day-to-day -day tasks and, you know, we're trying to do the visionary stuff as well, and then you're trying to shift your focus at the same time, which is what we tried to do at the beginning, you know, it really starts to take a toll on both of them where uh, if you try to, if you try to focus on, uh, two, when you have the systems in place, it's a lot easier and, you know, you have the extra time and, you know, all the extra time we've saved by, you know, optimizing our time and our lifestyle. You know, we have a gym uh, in the garage and stuff now, so there's no commuting there. There's no commuting for going to get groceries and whatnot because we have meal prep services and uh, we're, we're saving a lot of extra time. So that in that uh, in turn gives us a lot more time to focus on other projects that we're wanting to focus on without taking from the initial uh, grand vision of the, the niche brand, which is cool. That's awesome, yeah. And that was one of the other points that I wanted to elaborate on. And hopefully the audience is capturing this, which is what Corey and Rodney are doing is that they are basically buying back their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for the audience, if you understand like everything that they're talking about, I wanna be able to optimize, I wanna focus on my business and what can I do to buy back my time? So it's like, you know, food, the gym, and, you know, now you're, you got other uh, collaborators with you in the same house. So mm -hmm. all of those things. So was that, was that part of it? So like, you know, it, it sounds like you guys are str strategically thought about this as yeah. like, okay, how do I really, you know, maximum, you know, productivity out of what you're doing day to day? Yeah, that's, that's really the goal for us. Um, like, no, I mean, for, I'm sure for everyone, right. You want to buy back your time. Um, but you know, for us to truly get to a stage where we're comfortable with the amount of work we're doing and, and to be able to, to have that comfortability and, and knowledge or, or feeling of like, I can actually just chill for a couple minutes and, uh, not <laughs> things not getting done or, or having to fix things is, um, is, is, was the goal entirely. And of course we're still working a lot and, you know, making, a lot of decisions on the daily, but it's a lot more relaxed environment now. It's not, you know, constantly in front of a computer for 12 hours. It's, 
Now it's sometimes in front of a computer, sometimes in front of a whiteboard, sometimes outside hanging out or going for a walk or, you know, uh, uh, taking part of the day to just relax and kind of brainstorm amongst ourselves. Um, so that's been awesome because it's given us an opportunity to focus on our diet and nutrition, um, you know, our actual fitness and lifestyle, um, you know, try, learning how to sleep better and, and trying to get better sleep so that we can prepare for the day or the week because right now we're working about six-ish, six, five and a half days, six days out of the week. Um, and I mean, obviously Q4, you know, the nature of the timing of the year, we just want to maximize as much effort as we can throughout, uh, throughout the next month and a half, two months here. But, um, gaining back this time has meant that we're able, like Rodney said, to focus on other, other things like the house store, um, you know, building out a team within our brand, uh, and then kind of looking towards the visionary stuff, because pretty much from the last time we spoke to you up until about a month or two months ago, a lot of it was uh, scrambling just to stay on top of things and not really having the actual uh, team built out or the uh, systems in place to to allow us to take a step back and go after those visionary ideas. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're touching on that and, and sharing that. So wh- what's been that approach to kind of finding out what you can delegate or, you know, what's been that process as you've been, you know, building out the systems and and mm-hmm. the, the team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the main things is just going through a process and seeing, you know, what impact is this having on your business? Is it generating you revenue? Is it generating you leads? You know, is it, what is it generating for you? You know, what, what are you putting into it and what are you getting out of it? So that was a huge focus for us. Um, kind of focusing on each aspect of our business, the things that we were doing on the daily and seeing, you know, is this really important? Is this truly something that is making the progress of our business uh, better? So we, we really focused on that. And then from there, we kind of fundamentally broke everything down to a point where we could just really focus on the easiest path to get to that, that end goal and what we could do to get to that end goal. And then, you know, documenting that process, whether it's us going through it multiple times, figuring out the fastest way to do it, the most optimal way to do it, and then recording ourselves doing it and then handing that off to our virtual assistant or, you know, someone else on our team where they could then repeat that process. Um, A lot of the stuff like the visionary aspect of the business, you know, obviously we still want to focus on that where we want to make the, we want to make less decisions, but higher quality decisions, if that makes sense. So We don't want to be bombarded with all these daily decisions that we're constantly having to make. So we give a lot of autonomy to the people that we work with, obviously, because we trust them. We kind of instill what the brand values are and what we're trying to achieve. So, you know, if there's a decision that needs to be made, that's not super, super important. um, They can make that decision and we have trust in them to make that decision. So that's been super crucial to uh, getting to that point. And then, yeah, just, just kind of going over the processes and, you know, asking the people that we're working with, you know, is there anything that you see that we can improve of this process? Is there something that we can do to make this easier for you? Is there something that we can do to make this more efficient? You know, what would you uh, add to this to show someone in the future to, to teach somebody else how to do this process for us? So uh, obviously when you start out right away, you're not going to get that exact perfect, um, you know, standard operating procedure built right away. It's a continuous process where, you know, trial and error and continually seeing, you know, what is the quickest or most efficient way to, to get that outcome. So that's kind yeah. of how we kind of break it down right now. But um, yeah, we're, we're still improving. Like I said, um, it's a constant process. So 
Yeah. That's yeah. Those are, no, those are golden nuggets. I mean, I do similar things. And, and so hopefully the audience is catching that where having like something as simple as like the video that, Mm. you know, that they could learn and follow the same steps. Yeah, that's great. And what would you give as far as a tip, like, you know, as far as, you know, finding a good virtual assistant? Uh, We used, I mean, we're, we're definitely very lucky with the people we've hired thus far. Um, Just, I I guess, beginner's luck, if you want to call it that, because we're still fairly new to all this, but, uh, yeah, we've been using Upwork. We've also been putting out uh, call to actions on our Instagram story. Um, that was how we got some initial people in interested in doing some social media and blog writing for us. Um, oh, cool. And, and th- those are probably the two best options. Um, with Upwork, what we would do is we would create a job posting and then we'd put some Easter eggs in there in, in the uh, cover letter or the resume description, whatever we needed. Um, and that kind of weeds out people initially. So, you know, putting a, a secret keyword in there and telling them to write about it or something like that. And then, you know, you can scan the attention to detail um, or putting out a certain call to action on your Instagram and, and getting certain people to, to take certain actions and uh, messaging you or doing whatever function you need them to do and, and getting in contact with you just to show you that like, hey, these people do pay attention to detail they're very serious about applying for the job. They're not just mass applying to every opportunity that's out there. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, yeah, having a conversation with them, really breaking it down of what you're looking for and expectations of them, uh, and then giving them a shot. Like the thing we've noticed the most so far, and I think it comes from us working jobs we just absolutely hated in the past was you know, being that boss that you want to work for. And by doing so, we give them a lot of autonomy. Um, so everyone that we work with, you know, unless it's an issue where it's costing the business potentially, let's say like a couple hundred dollars or more, if that decision goes through or not, whether it's a refund, whether it's purchasing new stock or whatever it is, um, anything underneath that, we just want them to have complete autonomy. Um, and then at least we know that they're able to make decisions themselves. Um, if something does arise or downstream, there is effects that, you know, come back to bite us. Well, then we'll approach it then. But uh, so far, we've had VAs who are super honest. They're proactive in their work to the point where, you know, they're catching things where we might be sending extra items by accident, which actually just happened a couple of days ago and, you know, was brought to our attention. And if we didn't have that honesty or the or giving them the autonomy of working for us and wanting to share that information and not trying, you know, uh, uh, work more just for more money, but actually doing it because they care about the business. That's the kind of people we want to hire. And those are the people that we've been lucky enough to have on our team so far. So, you know, knock on wood that we can keep that, uh, that train rolling. But um, yeah, it's, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, the way you treat your employees, the way you um, scout or, you know, I guess, uh, recruit your employees and uh, the expectations you lay out for them from the beginning. Yeah, no, those are good techniques too. And some tips of, uh, I like that the Easter eggs for, for qualifying. Cause you could see, you know, just based on the response, yeah. um, you know, as far as what they're doing there, that's really yeah. good stuff. I think a good tip too, is just really defining what you're looking for from, from the assistant or from, your employee of whatever their task kind of is, what your end goal and what your outcome uh, that you're looking to achieve from them is. And then kind of working with them in a collaborative manner to try to achieve that because they might have ideas that, you know, you never even thought of. So, and if you just kind of set up straight away, like it's this way, you can't change it, just do it exactly like this. 
I feel like that kind of, uh, it limits their capacity and you know, how quickly or efficiently they can work or how enjoyably they can work. Right. Cause you want your employees to be happy too. You don't want them to be, yeah. you know, someone that's working for you and they're, they're angry or they don't like you. They generally don't put their, their best foot forward. You know what I mean? So yeah. And it's getting people that are passionate about, you know, working with you and they're excited to work with you and you know, you're appreciative of their work. So, yeah. And that being said, I think a lot of people definitely do take virtual assistance for granted um, I mean, they're, they're people too, right? They're not robots. So um, there's definitely something to be said with, of, of course, how you treat them and, and laying out the expectations of what you expect from them. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've had friends who have had VAs that have just been very flaky, uh, you know, not meeting the expectations or actually doing the fulfillment of the, the job they're obligated to do or, you know, trying to steal hours. So our our philosophy behind it all is, like let's let's treat them as legitimate employees. Let's treat them not as assistants, but as you know, people that are here and passionate about the project and the vision at hand. Um, yeah. And the the greatest part is, is like, I mean, there's people that you can hire in different parts of the world that are just as educated, if not more educated, than people in North America. Like, I believe one of our customer support reps is a a registered nurse in the Philippines. She just wants to make extra cash and enjoys doing the work. So. You know, she's got university grade English, speaks phenomenal English. Her grammar is impeccable. And, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. but we're paying a wage for someone that is making a huge difference in her life because now she's got disposable income in a country where, you know, the, the wages aren't nearly as high as what we get in North America. And then it saves us a lot of, uh, you know, stress thinking about having to hire a, a, a domestic virtual assistant and someone that would be charging potentially thirty, forty thousand dollars a year here. So, you know, it's a no brainer. And of course, you get what you pay for. But uh, we've been very diligent in trying to ensure we hire the right team members. And it actually reminds me of there's there's a question that I've been asking a lot of the uh, previous feature guests. And uh, since this whole thing, because, you know, with people being laid off, there's also a lot of new people looking to get started in uh, drop shipping or e-commerce. So mm-hmm. the, the question I ask is like, imagine you had a couple thousand dollars to your name. And in these current times, if you had to start all over again, but knowing what you know now, over the next 30 days, what would you do to start a business that would actually make you money? And explain why. Starting out with what we know now, we have a thousand dollars and we have thirty days to build a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a um, couple thousand. <laughs> couple thousand. Start with Connor's Connor's free course or the Kaizen free course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that would be starting point. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, surrounding yourself with obviously other people that are collaborating. If we had the same knowledge, we would just get up a Shopify store right away, bare bones, and start testing products. You know, hundred dollars a day and uh, see if there's any any promise in them. If not, kill it and continually test until we find a winner. Yeah. Honestly, just break it down to the, the bare minimum fundamentals. Yeah, we, we kind of had a, uh, I, I guess, uh, dose of reality hit us when we moved into this house because we were so focused on trying to make what we had uh, work and there was just stuff wrong with the funnel. And, uh, you know, we, we had the bite of, uh, honesty come to us and, and say, you know, what got you to this point? And this is what we get posed with the question all the time. And something Connor always asks us is what got you to this point? And, you know, we would go down the line saying, Oh, well, it was our, uh, 
you know, our website, we built a new website that made the store look way better. Oh no, we, we, uh, we did all these emails or we set up all these social media posts. And at the end of the day, all it really was, was just like Rodney said, testing new items. Um, so yeah, for, to answer that question, I would say, I would definitely go through the free course, the Kaizen free course or any free course. Information is everywhere on YouTube. Um, prepare yourself for a few days just to get an encompassing idea. And then like Rodney said, yeah, just bare bones Shopify store, build out some landing pages and go to town testing as many items within that budget as possible because it's like finding a needle in a haystack at that point. I mean, yeah, I, I would look at other, you know, stores that you see on social media too. I would do a lot of product research and I would, I would go through them and I would see what are they doing and I would try to emulate that. Um, if I, if we had no experience, then, you know, I would try to familiarize myself with Shopify, familiarize myself with the platform, obviously gather any free resources that you can and, you know, try to just familiarize yourself with the whole ecosystem from there and then start testing products as soon as you can. And uh, obviously you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, it's going to, we still make mistakes every single day. So it's a continuous process. Get familiar with, you know, making mistakes and not being correct all the time. But, you know, when you are correct, it ends up paying for those past mistakes. And, you know, you, you gain data from all of those previous mistakes as well. So never think of it as like really making a mistake. You know, it might not have worked out necessarily, uh, in the way that you wanted at this point in time, but the ROI on that information gathered from that mistake, you know, could save you or make you potentially thousands, maybe millions of dollars in the future. So, you know, yeah. make sure you, you focus on what you learn from everything that you do and, uh, focus on the lessons from every mistake that you make. Yeah, no, really great stuff for sure. Yeah. I mean, you laid it out and, uh, and it's really cool that, that you touched on because, and especially if like, again, if you were taking that niche approach, even if you were testing products, but you know, they weren't winners, but you still got data and you still got a pixel that's learning. And especially if you're sticking to that particular niche, as you're mm -hmm. testing other products in there, it's, it's kind of like a compounding effect. And then eventually, you know, when you do find the winner, like I always, you know, view it as like a numbers game. And what are what are the odds are like you know, out of mm -hmm. how many products should you be willing to test? Do you think you'll probably find a winner? Definitely. Yeah, it, it is a numbers game, right? You're it's a calculated risk. You're making a calculated decision to try to achieve a outcome um, based on numbers. So yeah, uh, it's kind of a double whammy where, you know, the algorithm is learning, your pixel is learning, it's gathering data as you, you test new uh, audiences, new creatives, whatnot, and as well as you should be learning as you're taking in, you know, what was working, um, what wasn't working, you know, what can I try next time, what can I improve upon, um, if, as long as you're constantly trying to make improvements and you actually, if you just put in a little, a little effort and you truly care, you know, it, it is a, it is, you know, there's a lot of information to learn in dropshipping. There's a lot of stuff to, you know, familiarize yourself with. But if as long as you continue and you're persistent, you know, you'll eventually it'll eventually work. Like it truly will if you're if you're persistent. So you just you honestly just can't give up. You have to just keep learning from your mistakes and continually push through, and you'll find it. So, and yeah, let's actually talk about that uh, that free course that that you guys mentioned. Does it, mm -hmm. does it cover like the testing strategy, the hundred dollar testing strategy? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty A to Z um, with everything for the basics of getting your first sale. Um, 
it's a, a, a new version of the course Connor had built out previously. Uh, this one is with more up-to-date methods. So everything from you know building your logo and getting Shopify started and setting things up to how to create your business manager for Facebook to setting up your first set of ads and then the different types of testing and optimizing and then into scaling. Um, so you know we plan to put out more content in the future, diving into deeper. Uh, and more high level topics such as, you know, breaking down the email marketing ecosystem, SMS marketing, messenger marketing, um, deeper product research and, and, you know, killer ad copy. Um, but everything that you need to get started and make a sale is in the free course. Um, you know, you could be just as successful off of using a free course like that as you were if you were to go buy a couple thousand dollar course. Um, it all really comes down to just how how much do you want to succeed, right? Um, yeah. We didn't have an, a resource like that when we got started. Neither did Connor, neither did Heather, our other roommate. And that's kind of the basis for why we wanted to create something like that and why we plan to keep creating content um, around that, that course because e-commerce ecosystem is evolving so quickly. Like, you know, every week yeah. there's something new, new feature coming out or, or a new thing that Shopify does that it's impossible to keep up to date with Facebook changes something. Yeah. So, you know, having, having information come in from a higher level and being fed to you and, and filtered through people that are actually in the trenches, doing the work themselves, adapting to these changes is something we really, really wish we could have had in the yeah. beginning or, or wish that resource existed. And, you know, maybe it did and we just weren't looking hard enough or we weren't willing to spend the money financially because we were very cheap and wanted to bootstrap everything. But that's why we made it a free, free course because we think this information should be available to everyone. Um, and, you know, of course, learning things beyond here is going to take time and effort and investment on your end. But just getting something up and running and learning the basics is is totally within the realm of possibility for anybody that is willing to put the time and effort in. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think the cool thing about the course is it's really broken down to the bare bones of what's necessary to you know be successful at dropshipping. A lot of the stuff, like people try to, we did this, we were victims of this, is trying to you know expand your business horizontally um, into all these different you know avenues, whether it's like email marketing, SMS, Messenger, all these different things, where you kind of lose your your core focus at the beginning. Where your your main focus at the beginning should just be you know testing products and trying to find a, a winning product that is working for you and getting uh, consistent sales from that product from one you know uh, traffic source. I'd, I'd say at least. So focus on that. Once you can kind of have that down, then you can try to focus on other things. But if you try to spread yourself too thin, uh, it becomes uh, a mess real quickly, especially if you don't have the structure or systems in place or other or people team, yeah. working with you. So I'd, I'd say just focus on one thing, you know, don't overcomplicate things, really make it as simple as possible for yourself and, you know, just continue to learn and just focus on that because, you know, there's a lot to learn um, just in that in that one realm of, you know, generating uh, sales. So just focus on that one realm at the beginning. And then from there, you can kind of expand when you, you have the resources and team to do so. That's a really great tip. And so hopefully the audience, this is probably the part where you want to re-listen to that over again, because <laughs> I think it's valuable gems in there. And I think it's a great thing that you guys are doing especially giving the course away for free with all the fundamentals that that's in there mm -hmm. that actually works, uh, mm -hmm. which is awesome. And it, and it sounds like you also have like a, 
uh, a group and an open group support system like the Discord uh, group. I was wondering if you could talk about that. Yeah. So as part of the the free course, um, we also have a Discord channel. I think there's close to 200, maybe just over 200 people in there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all e-commerce, uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs. Everybody's super hungry to learn and and get up to date information. So. Uh, the the Discord channel is just called Kaizen Ecom. Um, you can go to kaizenecom.com as well and, and read through the website and join that way um, or on the Instagram uh, through Kaizen Ecom in our, in our bio, there's a link to join as well. Um, so we have the Discord channel where we openly talk and discuss things all related to e-commerce and questions or anything people may have. Um, the free course available as well. And then uh, on our Instagram, we're actually... Like we had mentioned, we were building out the house store to uh, pay for the rent and all the living expenses of this house. Uh, but we're also doing daily updates on the store there. So recently, pretty much every day on our stories, we'll be posting about the revenue of the store. Uh, and then every week or every few weeks, we'll be breaking down the cogs and the ad spend and the profit or loss on it, um, potentially showing some mindset um, uh, videos as well. And then just a bunch of other content and I guess, what it really comes down to is uh, barriers and failures that you'll be facing along the way is the stuff that we plan to highlight. So, you know, the, the ever so famous one of getting your money locked in PayPal and not knowing what to do. So <laughs> we're trying to cover a lot of those tips that new drop shippers are going to face on their journey as they start from zero and, and work their way up to, you know, whatever they can. And uh, it's just another place that we're going to be posting free content for people to use and, and refer to if they ever come across an issue or as a way to interact and engage with us and ask us to uh, make videos on, you know, specific issues they're coming across in their business that they don't know how to face or uh, they don't know how to get through themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's crucial too to really show people that there are, um, you know, when there's good moments, there's also bad moments as well. Um, and there's a lot of bad moments in dropshipping or e-commerce or entrepreneurship in general. So um, a lot of people, a lot of the times, it's just kind of highlighting the good stuff, whereas it gives you kind of that false view of what reality is as like that job. You know what I mean? So we want to show like the, the low points as well when we're having shitty days, you know, when things don't necessarily work out the way we had planned, you know, testing faces, you're losing money sometimes. And uh, it can be stressful for people. So we want to show people that, you know, that's part of the process. And, you know, if you want to achieve those big numbers, or if you want to achieve that stuff where you can get financial freedom and some uh, business that you can work on yourself, you know, you're going to have to go through those low points as well as the high points. So, yeah, no, I think it's a great thing what you guys are doing. And I mean, you know, for the audience it's basically like almost a near real time case study of what you guys are like putting out there and, and then keeping it real. So like showing that, okay, you know, you have these challenges and you need to make adjustments and you're thinking things through. So that's great. So we'll, we'll provide links in the show notes. So the uh, link for the discord group, how do you spell that? Uh, K-A-I-Z-E-N-E-C-O-M. Cool. Kaizen Ecom. All right. So we'll be sure to leave uh, links in the show notes there. And also, how do they find the free course? Yeah. So if you go to our Instagram page, which is also Kaizen Ecom, um, same spelling, in the link in our bio, uh, you can access our website, the Discord channel, and the free course from there. No, that's really good, man. And um, 
So I will be sure to leave links in the show notes there. And uh, mm-hmm. I would say as we come close to the end here, uh, one of the things that I'm curious about, so like seeing that you guys are living in the house and stuff like that. So what does a day in your life look like as you're now, you know, you guys are like living together, maybe paint yeah. that picture for the audience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we work out three times a week. So we work out at 8am, our personal trainer comes over uh, awesome. and we'll work out on those days. So we'll work out for about 45 minutes to an hour, um, shower up and, you know, uh, get a coffee or a, a tea or something and kind of start our day, move into the office. And from there, work until about, you know, 12 o'clock or so, we intermittent fast. So we work until about 12, sometimes one-ish, depending on uh, what we have to get done. And then from there, we'll have lunch, kind of discuss uh, what we're trying to accomplish for the day um, for the house store-wise. And then um, content-wise as well. Content-wise as well, yeah. So we'll build out any content or film any content that we need to for the Kaizen uh, channel. And then from there, we will kind of get back into work and sometimes yeah. take a break for an hour, hour and a half or so to read or watch um, any coursework or just listen to a podcast, kind of yeah. let your brain settle down for a bit. And then, yeah, after that, do a couple hours of work up until dinner and then uh, post dinner time. Usually it'll be a movie or something super relaxing as kind of a group just to let our brains unwind. Um, Otherwise on the occasional night, it is, you know, mad brainstorming session in front of a whiteboard. Someone has an idea that we want to work through. Um, Maybe, maybe do some on computer technical stuff of, Hey, let's get this item up and launch tonight. Or, Hey, let's build out this landing page and and get it ready for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, and then other than that, people are, we're usually in bed by like what, nine 30, 10, 11 at the latest. Yeah. Um, and then up for a morning, I think if anything that we've learned over this last year is it's not worth it to be tired. Um, you just don't make the, the same high impact decisions. You, you seem to make a lot more mistakes. Um, mistakes and it's just very difficult to get throughout the day. Um, you're not as efficient. So yeah, a huge focus for us now is making sure we're going to bed at a proper time, um, getting a full eight hours of at least of sleep and uh, being able to tackle the day with the, the absolute top functioning cognitive abilities possible. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. It may seem a little bit boring, but yeah, like, like we said, we're just for this year where, you know, we're hunkering down. We see this as, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You don't, you're not going to be working your entire life if you're building a business, hopefully not, you know, not at least for us, that's not our goal. So, uh, we want to just put everything we have into this year, you know, automate as we can build fantastic teams and, you know, hopefully we can be in Bali in the next year and just relaxing and surfing during the day. So, <laughs> So you're putting in the optimized work now, man, that's really exactly. awesome stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. And you, you touched on a lot and it actually even has me curious about like the, uh, so like, as you're talking about sleep, do you have stuff to like measure? Are you getting that REM sleep that you're looking for? And uh, one of our roommates had there, he has uh, the aura ring, I think, but for us, no, I just, I just use my uh, alarm clock on my thing and I make sure I'm in bed. <laughs> I usually set it for like nine hours or so. So I'm laying in bed and I get the full eight. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than that, I just pretty much go based off of, you know, am I tired at that time? Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Things like, you know, using um, like extra pillows to make sure your body's not contorted in a weird way that, 
makes you sore, forces you to move around while you're sleeping. Um, things like earplugs to drown out any excess noise either outside or in the house if someone else is awake to help you get to sleep sooner. Yeah. Blackout shades. Blackout shades, uh, staying <laughs> off our phones for you know the hour before bed or, or potentially a little bit longer. Um, yeah. And you know, uh, uh, there's like a nighttime tea we were drinking for a while too that just kind of helps you know, helps you, uh, I guess, uh, settle down for the evening, let your brain kind of just, you know, not go as crazy as you anymore. So a couple of small biohacks to try and, I guess, uh, juice as much sleep and, and as much efficiency out of our day as possible. But, you know, we're still learning, we're still figuring out ways to optimize, finding ways to buy our time back. And uh, I don't think it's ever going to end, but that's the fun no. part of it. It's because yeah. we always come across these new things to try. And, you know, if it works with our schedule and fits in well with us, then we're going to make it a habit. Yeah. I think yeah. another key thing is just to, you know, let yourself wind down as well. You don't have to be working right up until you're going to bed. Obviously, there's days where, you know, stuff goes wrong and you need to be doing that. But if you can consistently try to give yourself that pre-built-in wind-down time, I think it's good for your mental health to have that um, where, you know, you're not constantly thinking about work 20, 24-7. I know as an entrepreneur, like, it's hard to not do that. But if you can, you know, listen to something, like, I like to listen to a goofy podcast or something before I go to bed. I try not to listen to as much educational stuff right before bed, just because for me, you know, I'll either listen to that in the midday break or like in the mornings or something or while I'm working out. But I feel like if you constantly try to do too, too much of that, at least for myself personally, that uh, it kind of keeps your brain racing too much. And, you know, you need that downtime to fully recover and then get yourself back to optimal uh, cognitive function the next day. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And when you guys mentioned reading, has, has there been a particular book that all of you guys in the house are like, man, I love this book? Um, I don't know about a particular book for all of us. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. It's not really an e-commerce book, but it's a pretty good uh, just kind of mindset book. And uh, I, yeah. think, I think it's a cool, cool uh, perception of, of life. So I've been... I've enjoyed that book. Um, yeah, I don't think we've all been reading the same stuff. I, no. I'm in the middle of uh, Ogilvy on advertising, which is pretty standard nice. advertising book across the board for anyone in the industry. And mm -hmm. although it's really old, um, still a lot of great principles apply just in terms of, you know, how to approach acquiring customers. Um, but yeah, we, we try and educate as much as possible, but it obviously gets busy depending on the time and the, the business. So uh, it's tough to stay on top of it, but we do our best because, you know, if we, if we don't continue to educate ourselves, then we feel like we're going to fall behind and we want to stay at the top of our game. Um, we know there's a lot of competition out there. And so any edge we can get is, uh, is something that we're looking for. Yeah. I think uh, audiobooks are really good too, just because it's a lot easier to consume sometimes, you know, you don't yeah. always want to be reading a book and it's a little, it gives your eyes a little bit less strain. Obviously if you're on a computer all day, <laughs> yeah. you need to like just rest your eyes a bit. So another yeah. two that yeah. just came to my head are essentialism and um, good to great. Those are also two really good books that I'd recommend. So that's great, man. Yeah. yeah a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah. You guys dropped some very good gems here. And cool. so hopefully the audience is picking up on it and be sure to follow <laughs> them. Instagram, the discord group and the free course. I mean, I think that's, you guys are doing a lot of great stuff as you're improving your life, but then even giving back by 
you know, helping others, allowing them to at least get a glimpse and follow along and, uh, and even plug in within the group, which, which is really mm-hmm. great. Uh, this is awesome. So, well, I want to be respectful of your time. I see we're towards the end of the hour here. And uh, I'll give you guys a chance to leave some closing remarks with the audience. So I'll let you take it away. You know, if you're interested in entrepreneurship or e-commerce or anything, and that's kind of your main goal, just, you know, don't give up hope, continue to be persistent and, you know, push forward to your goals. And like I said earlier, just continually learn from your mistakes and optimize past them and, you know, gather that data that you're collecting from your mistakes and leverage it for your future decisions. So. Yeah, just keep pushing forward. Yeah, and uh, you know, from all of us at the Kaizen Ecom House, um, just want to let you guys know that you know there is no better time to get started in e-commerce right now um, with the current pandemic and global situation. You know, people are forced to purchase online. Um, retail market or retail uh, shopping is is declining and the online shopping experience is just massively taking off right now we're in the middle of q4 preparing for the holiday season uh, if there is a time to get started we highly highly suggest you guys take action now because you know this is one holiday season you don't want to miss out on and if you can get some experience through this holiday season just imagine what a year from now the dedication the work and the efficiency you'll be able to accomplish and just imagine what you can get done next holiday season. So there's a lot of opportunity out there and a lot of opportunity for the taking. E-commerce is a very small community right now. Uh, there's lots of seats at the table and there's a lot of people that want to learn how to do this. So, you know, if you take action now, I, I can surely assure you that there is going to be a lot of successes and failures that come your way if you stick with it. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on the Discord channel at Kaizen Ecom. Yeah. I mean, if you work at it for a year, you're not going to get worse at it. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much my ideology. Great point. Great stuff, guys. Man, really glad to have you on the show. Awesome. Thanks again for having us, Brian. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll hopefully see you soon. And uh, we can do another update video or something, uh, podcast. That'd be great. Definitely. That'd be great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate your time, Brian. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tech Money Talks podcast. It's officially sponsored by Spotify and Anchor FM. Be on the fast track to starting your own business. You can work with me personally. It's my dropship funnels done for you service. I work with you one-on-one to build your own store and get your very own sales fast in dropshipping. You can go to dropshipfunnels.com to find out more information.